Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. I want to stop and thank you all, all of our listeners, for continuing listening to the podcast. I've noticed we've actually continually been growing, so that's awesome. And so welcome to all our new listeners. I'm really excited about our topic today because we get so many questions around it. In this episode, we are joined by Lauren to talk with us about education paths for software engineers. There are so many options out there, and I feel like continually more options out there. So it's really hard to know what the right path is. So I'm excited for us to maybe provide some insights on that. Lauren, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is? Sure. My name is Lauren Sands Ramshaw, uh, and I'm an author and consultant. I just uh, recently finished writing a book on GraphQL called The GraphQL Guide with John Resig. And um, in consulting, currently I'm working with Temporal, which is uh, what I see is the best solution for microservice orchestration. Oh, and a uh, cocktail. I, my my go-to is uh, margarita. Ooh, that's a good choice. Can't really go wrong with a margarita either. I've had like good and like not real bad. Like there's always varying degrees, but can't really go wrong. Yeah. Some, sometimes I feel like they're way too sweet, but uh, usually, usually I like them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I also like some that are like more spicy and you can get yeah, some yeah. creative. Smoky. Ones, which is, yes. All right. Uh, let's also give introduction of today's panelists. Jem, you want to start off? Jem Young, engineering manager at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. So what did we decide today's keyword is? Books. Books. All right. If we say the word books, which I mean, around education, I'm, I feel like books apply. Maybe not so much in the in our new state of things. But uh, if we say the word books, we'll all take a drink. Let's hop right into the topic. I, I'm curious to hear, you know, there's a lot of options for engineers that uh, to learn. What are some of the typical paths or areas that you all are familiar with for learning software development? Yeah, so we've got college uh, and trade schools and community colleges. We've got uh, boot camps, something that traditionally way, ways people learn trade like uh, is apprenticeships. Like uh, if I wanted to be a carpenter, I'd go, I'd go apprentice carpenter. And then and, and there's like a, some, some com companies working in the apprenticeship space right now. Um, and then self-teaching, which which has a, has a lot of different uh, avenues to go in. And of course, books, like books can teach you many things. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. One thing I've always been impressed with just where we are today versus like when I would have started is the sheer volume of amazing content that is so readily available where it's like how to how to create a React app, how to learn JavaScript, whatever it is, is you can look that up online, whether it be for a paid tutorial or even just going on YouTube for free. There's some really solid videos out there or blog posts. There's a lot, a lot of information. I know when I started, YouTube didn't even exist. So like that, that wasn't <laughs> a thing. So I think it's really cool that there are these different areas in which we can learn. But I think it it is hard, right? Like I think a lot of people are like, should I go to a boot camp? Should I go down the, you know, college degree path? There's all that I think is, is it's hard to know. How do you both think about that? Like what, what would you choose? Like actually both Lauren and Jem, you both have computer science degrees. I do not. So I'm curious if you were to do it all over again, is that still the right path? Would you think about it differently? Yeah. I, I'd still do a CS degree. I, I One, it's nice to personally have that accomplishment. It, it's not an easy degree to get, I, I would say, uh, no matter where you went to school. 
Two, I, I feel equipped to handle problems that I haven't seen before, which is a large part of software engineering. It's not there. I think there's different levels of software engineering. There's, uh, or at least problems you're going to run across. There are, uh, the stack overflow problems where it's like, I'm into this problem. It's very tactical and tangible. I can look this up. This has been solved before. And then you have the like tier two problem, which is this is a problem. I don't really know how to solve it, but I'm going to lean on my experience and the experience of others to help solve it. Then there's tier three, which is I've never, <laughs> I don't even know what the problem is. There's something wrong, but I'm not sure what it is. And I think to me, a CS degree prepares you for at least the tier two problems, which is the, we kind of don't really know what the problem is. It's, it's not as well-defined or I haven't seen it before, but I have that theory behind me. So yeah, I'd say for me personally, I think getting a CS degree was worthwhile. Yeah, I, uh, if I had the choice again, I, I definitely uh, do college again, uh, assuming I had the, the access, like resources, time, money, uh, ability to, to get in. And, and, but, but I'd wanna do it again, mostly for, for social reasons, like social education and enjoyment more so than, than learning. I, I found that the, the, I had a, an intro to programming course that was object oriented. And then I had a functional course, but and be, beyond those, like I had more courses that involved programming, but nothing more teaching programming and certainly not practical things like, like web development or, or app development. Um, so, so from that perspective, uh, I felt like there's, there was much more learning I had to do to be ready for, for a job. Um, and the, the amount that I learned that was helpful for the profession of programming felt, felt relatively little. I think a CS degree prepares you to be a more advanced software engineer, but it does not help you become a, it doesn't help you the first job and probably your second job. It helps you later down the line, but like you really, no matter what, you have to work with people. You you can't, you just, you can learn how to code off of YouTube. You can learn how to code from books and tutorials, but it doesn't teach you how to be like a software engineer per se. That comes from like working with people, understanding like you're good at this, you're good at this, delegating that. The joke amongst uh, the CS people that I know is the your first software engineering course. That is like a course where it's a group project and you have to like output something by the end of the semester. It doesn't teach you how to be a software engineer. It just teaches you how to hate, how to hate other people, uh, <laughs> which is kind of the... The end result, some people didn't do any work. Some people did all the work, but that's kind of like how it is in real life. So I, I like the way you put that. Uh, CS degree is useful, I think, later in your career, but starting off a boot camp is probably more tangible, honestly, in like just getting those first couple jobs. In terms of skills, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, in terms of access, like uh, the, uh, much easier to, to get a job uh, with, a, with a CS degree, I think than, than a bootcamp. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I like the way Lauren put it too. And so clearly I don't have the CS degree. And when I think about, there is times where I'm like, should I have gone that route? I went into a more web development, like the community college route. It was a two-year program. And what I really liked about it, it was a lot more hands-on. You didn't necessarily get the depth though. That was the one trade-off is you weren't getting the depth on, you know, fundamentals. And so I was able to hack my way through certain things, get something to work and start to understand that. But to Jem's point, it wasn't always necessarily when you hadn't seen the same problem, right? Like it's a brand new problem. And some of those CS fundamentals is where it really helps you wrap your head around like a new problem set. And so what happened in that sense was I 
felt like on the job, I went back and started learning. I didn't actually go and get a degree in computer science, but I was looking up those fundamentals to better understand so that I showed up better and better understood just so that I could wrap my head around that more. And so I think that is really important. I don't know that I would ever go back though now. I don't have four years. Like that was a beauty too, is like, I was ahead of the game. I was two years and I was on a job, right? Like, and I feel... I learn a lot more on the job than I do in school. I need to have, be hands-on. I don't really learn from books. Cheers. Cheers. If I could do it all again, I would do it just like the way you said it. I would get a job somehow, do some software engineering for a year or two, and then go to school to get my degree. Because at that point, I'd be like, okay, this is how you apply it. Uh, versus from what I can tell, I think it depends on the program. A lot of CS is just, it's very theoretical. It's a lot of theory you learn and yeah. a lot of background and fundamentals, which is great, but fundamentals aren't ter terribly applicable in your day-to-day -day job. They're more like, oh, it's good to know in the long run. If I do it over again, that's exactly how I would do it. It's good for interviews. It's, yeah. it's good for interviews, yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a really good question. We're talking about uh, computer science. Definitely is a pretty well-known degree in our industry. I've been seeing another one pop up is, so there's computer science and computer engineering. What? is the difference and i feel like there's like even as you read some of them at various schools there's overlap here's my interpretation of it but i would love to hear both of your thoughts i saw it more as like computer science more theoretical around software theoretical fundamentals that we just talked about and then computer engineering felt a little more hands-on but also more oriented around software to hardware and, and that was my interpretation of it. And I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think they both uh, involve uh, programming. Uh, I, I guess uh, computer engineering, I, I see as more toward electrical engineering and, and hardware and lower level. So things like uh, designing and building circuits, uh, embedded systems, uh, networking, maybe robotics, uh, since you're doing more, more hardware stuff versus, uh, and, and sort of more, more applied and practical versus computer science, I see as like more the theoretical ideas. Yeah, same. I think when someone says computer engineering, I think hardware uh, in processor level, like very, very low level, how they interrupt. Uh, things that we software engineers take for granted that someone created like uh, <laughs> instruction sets. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. For instance, in my computer science program, we had classes on, on networking and class on um, uh, computer architecture where we uh, built a processor, but we did so like in LogicWorks in, in software, we never built anything out of physical matter. Yeah. And I think they're from the sense of it is like computer engineering, you are doing some of that physical, like this is the hardware and, and probably writing some of the software, but to, I think Jem and Lauren, you both said like at that lower level, like firmware. Yeah. There, that's the, that's the word I wanted. <laughs> I've actually seen a lot of, um, electrical engineers in, in software engineering that make that jump over. So I think there is a lot of overlap. It, I think it's anything that gets you comfortable around a computer and coding. You can do pretty well. Um, mathematics degrees, people with math degrees of some sort, like applied math or um, even theoretical math, I see make the jump into software engineering. Usually they tend to go like more data, data science side. But yeah, there's a lot of roads that lead into actually coding. But all of them are like being comfortable around a computer, being familiar with like what coding is to some degree. So does art history not work? I think you're going to have... well. <laughs> Just I, I, I mean, I've seen people come from it, so yeah. many directions. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think it would work. <laughs> Again, anything that gets you familiar with a, a computer is going to give you a leg up, but 
there, there's definitely people that are amazing software engineers that have degrees that are nothing to do with software engineering. And they're just fantastic. I mean, we had David Simmer on here, I don't know, five or 10 episodes ago. I lose track already, Jim. But, you know, he works with us at Netflix and, you know, he, he was, you know, second career. He moved from like being a chiropractor to an engineer. There's no computer in that aspect. And, and, it's kind of cool that you can come at it from different angles. I mean, one of, one of the best software engineers uh, that I have the privilege to work with has a degree in communications, nothing to do with computer science. They are fantastic to work with because you know why they can explain everything that they're doing and everything that's going on in their thought process, which is critical to being a good software engineer at scale. And they just knock it out of the park. And I was like, ha, huh, that's a degree I would not have considered to be like in line with software engineering, but it is. So I, I think heck educators, uh, music is, is a good one too. It's just like understanding how patterns work together. There, there's a lot. I, I think I, 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 this is more of a spicy take uh, and I've shared this before. I don't think everybody can code. I, I think it takes a certain type of uh, mindset to have to sit down and be like, I want to solve these problems and think about things logically. And that's okay. I think everybody can produce some sort of code, but I don't think everybody's like born to be a coder. That said, it I don't think you need a particular background that will de determine if you're successful or not. I think anybody can be successful if you have the right mindset. So I guess that wasn't that spicy. The medium, medium to basket level take. Mild, mild, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we touched on a little bit too. I think we have little bits and pieces here already. I think thinking about some of those options that, you know, Lauren, you listed off uh, right at the hop, you know, what are some of the pros and cons as you start thinking about it? Like, let's start with colleges. Like we, we address, like my first one is like, well, you're four years in, you know, like it's not as hands-on, but I'm curious, maybe, you know, pros and cons around colleges. Sure. So there's like different criteria where you can say, does this learning method uh, have this have this criteria or not? For for uh, college, particularly for, for like a four year bachelor's or, or more, uh, is is just a, a ton of time and and often a, t a, t a lot of money. And uh, I guess uh, you can think about like if with different methods how how effective they are. Uh, so college is great in that it, it's structured and has uh, assignments and group projects and deadlines. Uh, so uh, you, you, to some degree, don't need as much uh, like motivation because you're just being told what to do and you don't need to figure out how to learn. Uh, you're being guided through the learning process. I really like that point is like it, there is like some more guided learning, but you're also learning how to learn too. Like, I think that that's something that I've even reflected on is not doing the CS degree and, and the full four-year degree is, yeah, you're during that time, especially when you're right out of hopefully maybe you're going right out of high school is like you're learning how to learn and it's even that whether you're taking a communications degree or history whatever it is is you're also just learning how to learn and i think that that's that's important and can apply to like even if you went to a boot camp after and you can also think about like the pros that are, aren't, aren't related to uh web dev college has, a, has the social education social experience it also helps some soft skills that are helpful in the workplace like uh, teamwork and, and group projects or being accountable to deadlines. Do you get that in boot camps? I've never attended one. So I'm curious, like, I know there's like some project work. So is it like, are you, I mean, you, you're, you're attending it with people. So there's always the social aspect, but do you get enough of that? Like hands-on collaboration? Yeah. The, the boot camps I'm familiar with, like that friends have gone to it and talked to me about definitely have a number of group projects and, and deadlines, uh, peer, peer, uh, like, a peer programming. So like peer mentoring. I, I like what you said about the, the structured nature of a 
of a college. And I think the breadth of topics you're going to touch on is not something you're ever going to get in a real, real job. Like you're never going to learn networking, database, AI, uh, operating systems, and like your normal day-to-day job, <laughs> unless you have no idea what you're doing uh, and you're just like all over the place. I think it's a pro. The chance to network, again, can't be understated in, I think, any career, but uh, software engineering is one of them. Is A lot of it, it's who, who you know, uh, especially when it comes to hiring or roles or even company culture, trying to understand that it's, it's really helpful. The cons of college are the costs, you know, a four year, mm-hmm. most, most CS degrees I know are five years, um, just cause they're, they're pretty rigorous. At least mine was. So you're going to graduate with a, a crap ton of student debt, which is a, a very American problem. And one issue I ran into was like theoretical versus real world is you spend so much time on theoretical and you're like, cool. This is what software engineering is. And then you get to the real world and you're like, but I know big O and I, I know like how to, <laughs> I know red black trees and how to balance them. And you're like, cool. I need you to like build this pop-up window in JavaScript. You're like, what? That to me is the biggest problem with college is in a CS degree is like, it's very fundamental, very theoretical. A lot of professors hadn't, some professors I, I had, there's no knock to them, but like hadn't actually been software engineers in a real company. They just were like bachelor's, master's, doctorate in CS. I'm going to go be a teacher, which is great for, you know, fundamentals. But like my favorite professors were the ones who had real world experience, like telling us about like, yeah, this is a UML diagram. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes you don't. Here's how things work in the real world. That to me was very, very helpful versus like, here's the theory of software engineering, which is great if you want to go on and get your master's and your doctorate, but trying to get a first job, not super helpful. So that's something to look out for, I think, if you're evaluating programs. Another pro I'd say for getting a CS degree would be easier access to jobs. Like if you're if you're self-taught or coming out of even coming out of boot camp, um, it, it can, it's often significantly harder to get your first job. That's a big one. I think like mm-hmm. you know ultimately why someone's learning to do this is they want a job, and I think that that to me is a really good thing to think about is like what is going to get you ultimately to where you want to be and that's important i think about even some of the college aspect i think gem you were touching on is the like breath that you get i think that's really important is when you're first starting out even if you've identified i think i want to be a software engineer that means a lot of things i mean we've talked about this on the podcast many times is that like even just front-end engineering is like a sliver And even in that, there's slivers on slivers on slivers of things that people specialize in the front end world. And to me, you don't really know where you want to specialize or if you want to specialize. And I think so long story short here is I think that college is a really great route to go to stay flexible. You you get more breadth of understanding and then you can start to say like, oh, I really like this networking area or no, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. Or I love databases or I don't. And you get a little more exposure than you would necessarily. Some of the boot camps will be very focused on front end. And, and, and that's not a bad thing if you already know that that's the route you want to go, but it's less flexible. And so I think that's one thing I really wanted to highlight too. Yeah, I, I, I mentor someone and they just finished um, their CS degree last year. And I was like, front end's pretty cool. We do a lot of cool stuff up here. And they're like, nah, you know what really strikes my fancy? What I learned from school is like machine learning and natural language processing is like much more exciting. And that's something I know very little about. But they got that because they got to try a lot of different things yep. in school. And they got to find their focus area. And I like your call out that front end engineering is like a small sliver of software engineering, but it's probably overweighted because we're loud <laughs> and you know, you use a front end. So it's like naturally what a lot of people are going to buy towards, but 
yeah, there's a ton of software engineering that has nothing to do with UIs or or JavaScript or anything like that. Absolutely. And I think that, so having that breadth, I think is something that you don't want to shy away from. You know, it's like, I, I always remember my parents telling me even in schools, like, oh, you don't want to close doors, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I say blah, blah, because I didn't care at the time, but I'm like, yeah, they were, they were probably right. It's like keeping those options open and, and flexibility is really good. It also helps on the job, even when you are in the front end, let's just say that is like, we, you, you're like, yep, got a job in the front end, even though I have a CS degree. It's like, but now I have understanding of some of my peers that I'm working with, you know, enough to be dangerous. Like you're not doing it day in, day out, but you can talk and understand what's happening on that side of the fence and, and work really closely. So I think there, there's benefits to it. Another pro of college, which may not seem college is a uh, CS degree is difficult. I think anybody who, who got one will, will tell you it's a lot of work. My program, I think, started with like 100 people when I started in the, the undergrad program. Uh, I graduated with two people, including myself. Uh, wow. the, the dropout rate is extremely high for the CS program. This sounds elitist because I've been through it, but I think that's a good thing. Like... It should be difficult because by the time you finish, you're like, I for sure, after all this crap and all these projects, know that I want to be a software engineer. You're probably going to be pretty good at it because like you whittled away people that were like, I'm unsure. I know that's that's not necessarily fair because some people don't learn the same way. Uh, some people have just, I don't know, it's not an ideal state for them to, to pick the, these things up. But for the people that do finish, I think are going to be good software engineers because like they went through it. That is contrast, in my opinion, to boot camps, which there's different level of boot camps. Some are like, you actually have to be able to code a little bit or have some fundamental understanding before we let you in, which again is difficult because some people are like, I just want to change careers. I'm a teacher. Now I want to become a software engineer, but I can't get into boot camps. I don't know how to code because I'm trying to learn to code. So I get that inherent like tension, but I think it's a good thing for people to have looked up something about coding and understanding a little bit before letting people in because a lot of boot camps i see uh not a lot but i think we can all list some that we feel are probably not great or more on the predatory side of things like lauren sign up sign up today for my boot camp i guarantee you a six-figure job in six months by the time you graduate and like you know we're shaking our heads but a lot of there's plenty of those companies out there and software engineering pays a lot of money relative to other fields. And you can dangle that in front of people. And like anybody can be a software engineer. We'll teach you the code, blah, 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 blah. The problem is when you make it, I guess, that easy or make it seem like it's that easy to become a software engineer and get these high paying jobs, then I don't know. It's it's disingenuous. It, it we, we all are experienced software engineers. We know it's difficult. And there's those times when you're late at night sitting by yourself in a room trying to solve this problem that only you care about. And like, those are the moments that make you like a great software engineer. If, uh, if anybody's selling, selling you like there's a shortcut to being really great and we are, we are selling the shortcut, they're lying to you. There, there's just a certain point you have to put in the work and you have to put in the time. And I think there are, a, there are, there are boot camps out there that like tell you, like, we know the tricks, we know the secrets, we can shortcut this path for you. If you pay us like, honestly, a lot of money and, People get to the real world, they're like, I can code a tic-tac-toe game in JavaScript. Hire me as a great software engineer. I'm like, well, no, that's not really proving me, telling me anything. They're like, what? The school told me this would give me a job. And it's like, no, I'll stop there. But there's like, I, I feel like there's some like school that just shut down and like pivoted and is like one of the bigger schools is because they were, they were like selling all these promises to people that like they knew were not true. It's interesting too. You mentioned even in the college side of things that like the, basically the, I don't know if it was dropout rate or just like 
success rate is like, I'm curious too, is like, it'd be interesting to know if people like, were they starting to realize like computer science is not for me, or it was really like, I'm right to the end of the road, but I just couldn't cut it. Cause I remember even in, in my two-year program that it was, it was fairly intense. Like it, it was crammed a lot into like, they were long days. Like they were basically an eight hour day. And I, I believe we had a month or two for summer break. And so they were really intense days. And I do remember now thinking, hearing you say that, Jem, I think we started around 40 people in the program in like seven, maybe eight graduated. So it's, it's like, so maybe that's it too, is it starts to weed out people just like gave them a taste of like, this is the right or the wrong thing for them. Like maybe they just realize that like, that's not something I want to do. It's the same thing as like having that breath, you know, what type of software engineering you want to do is maybe, holy, I don't want to do it at all. Like, you know what I mean? I wonder, I guess like, I'd be curious to know why people like didn't make it. I don't know if you know that. Oh, uh, I think for a lot of people is the math. Like you just, you think software, you think computers, you don't think pretty much what we're doing is just a lot of math underneath the hood. To me, the math was the, one of the hardest parts to get, get through like getting through um calc three and like the the high calculus three and like the the other maths were very difficult to me i was more interested in programming i didn't care about the math and i think that throws a lot of people out at least from what i saw lauren i don't, I don't know how your program was I, I was surprised to hear uh your 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 rate of people who who made it to the end i think for for my uh computer science program this is this is at dartmouth college i think most people who like got through the the first class, which was uh, hundreds of people a term, uh, or at least hundred plus people a term, I guess, and and was pretty difficult. So so uh, I'm sure that a lot of people who were who were interested in going to uh, getting into the major uh, decided not to after that. But at, out of the people who got through that class and uh, declared computer science major, I think most of them uh, in my class graduated still still in that major. That's pretty good. I yeah. I think for the the pivot point in my program was data structures. Uh, it was like a well known pivot point where uh, okay. people get there, they can't get through. And it just, it separated out a lot of people, I think from there, it, it like dropped off precipitously. I guess uh, it, the, the major was known for being a lot of work and there were maybe three classes where uh, they had like problem sets or assignments once a week. Uh, and I, and I stayed up, like I pulled all nighters once a week for the entire term, um, which, which could be more about my time management than uh, the difficulty, <laughs> but uh, they were certainly a lot of work on, on the CS side of things. Like, I don't know if this is for all programs, like for mine too, is that there was internships. And I think that that's another thing to evaluate too, is that some of the colleges will have some sort of internship program where you get placed in companies. And I think that is for me, a very positive thing to think about is because then you are to your point, Jam, you're, you get to network with people, uh, you get some real world experience. And actually when you are going to apply for jobs, you can point to say like, yes, I have this CS degree or I have some sort of degree. Plus I worked at X company and this is the types of work I was doing, even if it was a short term, it's some experience. Cause at the end of the day, the hardest thing to get that first job is experience. Typical of CS programs to have internships. For mine, it, it definitely wasn't part of it. Like the the school didn't set it up for you, um, but there were companies that like came to career fairs who who both pitched internships and jobs. Um, I didn't wind up doing any internships. I, I wish I had. Uh, I, I think for for those who did it, it was it was very very helpful for learning a lot and, and getting a better sense of what a programming job is. I think since we're specifically talking about uh, learning path for front end engineers, I, I kind of feel like the I, I don't know if what you call it, like a trade school 
or something, even associate's degree, where it's more, it's going to be more practical, less theoretical and more focused. Like you can kind of get rid of uh, a lot of the math and other things that you may or may never use in your CS career might be like the sweet spot, honestly, in terms of like costs, uh, you have the structure, just like Lauren was saying, you have the breadth of, of a CS degree. You have some barrier entry and some, some difficulty, unlike, uh, some other programs. And then, but like you graduate with some idea of like how to be a software engineer and how to code. Yeah. I, I actually think that's a pretty good option. Combine that with the self-learning options or in books that people can read. Uh, cheers. 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 Between that YouTube books, um, courses like front end masters and Udemy and all these other things. You can get pretty far, honestly. I mean, I won't say get pretty far. You can be as successful as you want, given these options. I think what we're talking about here is like, if you're unsure of what you want to do, you want to be a coder, you want to be a software engineer, but you're unsure which one you want to do. These are some options for figuring that out. But specifically for front ends, uh, you could do a lot without a degree. I think actually you can do most things without a degree to a certain level. Going back to the the how ex important experience is, I, I see it as like, I guess an important step in, in learning. Like if you're, if you're just trying to do, if you're trying to learn programming just through book learning, cheers, or cheers. Cheers, reading docs or tutorials or videos or video courses, you're not getting like practical hands-on experience. And th that's why I think like something like an internship uh, or an apprenticeship is, is a uh, really helpful for, for finishing or, or going further in the, in the learning process. So there's, a, there's this company that does internships uh, that I like. Um, it's a, a late stage startup called Multiverse, and they do three months of self-study, uh, like gui guided study uh, beforehand, and then a five-week boot camp, and then 14 months of working at a company and then doing continuing education. And it's a free program. Um, like the company is paying Multiverse to, to do this. And then you're getting paid by the company when you're doing the 14-month internship. Um, so I, I really like it and I, and I hope uh, it expands. Jim, you, you touched on the self taught learning aspect. Clearly all of us didn't really go down that exact direction, but I know for me that I took on more of that on myself and felt like, you know, I had to learn more as I went, which I am assuming both of you've done too. It's like, it's not like you're boom, I have a CS degree. I know everything. And, and there are ways to continue that learning journey. And it's like, you know, maybe it's, you've never touched TypeScript and you're like, well, they didn't teach me that in my CS degree. So I, I need to go look that up. How do you both try and like decide what's like, what are good material out there? There's so much. So how do you really decide if it's worth your time and it's going to be the worth that investment? I, I am, uh, it, I am so biased towards front end masters in terms of a, a learning platform only because one, I full disclaimer, I am on it. I get residuals from my courses. I have a few courses on there, so I'm obviously biased towards them. But I know it's curated content from people who actually work in the industry. It's not some random dude who like read a book and is now teaching a course on it, which like there's nothing wrong with that. But I think front end masters is a bit more specific where like these are people with real world experience in the 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 subjects they're teaching in generally. So that's usually like my first place I go to if I'm trying to learn a new subject. But really right now it's about like what's applicable in my day-to-day -day job. Again, I'd love to learn machine learning and I'd love to learn that area of uh, computer science. However, I personally have a hard time learning things that I just have no application for. Like learning just to learn 
is not something that is like I am super passionate about. But practical learning, I'm a huge fan of it. I will dive in and learn everything about it. It's how I know so much about cars because I had to work on a lot of my uh, piece of crap cars and put them back together. That was very practical to learn all that stuff. That That's usually when I, when I think about self-taught, um, how I think about it is like, what what is practical today? What, what will actually give me an advantage in my day-to-day job or in my future uh, career ambitions, like where I want to go? Yeah, I, I see self-teaching both as like uh, an option for how to initially learn, but also something that everyone in the in the industry needs to do in order to uh, work, uh, because technology is always changing, and we always need to, to learn new things in order to do our existing job, let alone switch jobs. Um, I, I sort of group the different categories of self-learning into uh, like docs and tutorials, podcasts, uh, videos, and and video courses. Um, so from like just YouTube videos or courses like the, the front end masters or individual people like, uh, uh, let's see, level up tutorials, West boss, Ken C Dodds, um, and then interactive courses, which are a little different in that they're th- sometimes video, sometimes text, but then there's, uh, you're, you're coding in a browser, like code Academy, Khan Academy, uh, and getting uh, real time feedback, uh, of like how, how you're doing, uh, which I really like. And then, uh, books, cheers, cheers, cheers. And, um, I see them all as, as, as doing, doing different things. Uh, so like having, having different pros and cons and also like uh, entering your brain in different ways. So I guess like there's, you can combine reading things, whether it's books or, or docs and tutorials. Cheers. 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 With the video or audio, both as like different, different ways of uh, learning. I guess there's, there's like the, the problem of tutorial hell, where uh, if people are trying to learn just through reading tutorials or even following along with tutorials, like uh, typing, retyping the code and running it at each step, can, you can get stuck in tutorial hell, which is like, I can do these tutorials, but I can't do my own project. Um, and that's often, I think, due to not being able to get through things when you get stuck. So if I do the tutorial, that's that's the golden path. Like I know all the like the versions of the software and what exact code to write. But if I deviate from that, since it's programming, you're, you're going to run into some bug. And if you haven't learned the skills of how to figure out what the bug is, debugging, how to Google, uh, <laughs> how to ask questions on Stack Overflow or, or search through GitHub issues, uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to get stuck. And uh, yeah, and I guess I really like learning materials that uh, take that into account and help teach that skill in addition to whatever like direct topic they're teaching. Um, so uh, West Boss in his video courses, he, he includes the the bugs that he writes uh, and and his thought process of, of that he's narrating uh, while he's debugging it. Um, and something also do in my book, cheers, 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 is when I was developing it, sometimes I ran into bugs and sometimes I would like fix them, uh, go go back and, and, and fix so that we didn't get to them. But a lot of the times I would leave them in and then say late, uh, later on in the, in the book, oh, look at this. When you do this, uh, this happens. Uh, how do we fix that? And sort of narrate my thought process in prose so that they can, uh, my, my readers can get, can get that experience. Like having that debugging and like that constant feedback loop of like, and leaving it there and talking through the thinking. I think that's amazing. I'm glad you, you highlighted that. That's the inherent problem with online learning. If you're following that, like you said, the golden path of tutorials, you don't learn anything off that path and you never, unless you're like going to go explore, which again, you explore, you might run into a situation where you get stuck. But debugging <laughs> is one of the most critical software engineering skills, uh, unless you happen to somehow be magic and never write a bug in your life and work in systems that are perfectly <laughs> harmonious with well-defined standards and all these things, you know, this utopia. You're going to run into issues and debugging is a skill. And that's one thing you 
you can lose if you're just following along uh, a tutorial versus, hey, a tutorial is good for learning how to do something initially, but I'm going to go build this myself because I'll learn all the edge cases. That to me is what makes all the difference. And I, I think um, all a lot of my success in software engineering has been attributed to like those late night coding sessions where I was just curious. And I ran, I just like dug myself in the holes and I had to get back out of them, but I learned everything about particular systems. So yeah, I, I've definitely seen a lot of that. I, or I've seen people who I thought were good software engineers, but the minute they run into an issue that they can't Google, it just like falls apart and they're just like completely stuck because they have no idea how to get out of that. And that's my fear with a lot of uh, bootcamp slash tutorial, uh, I think driven people is like, you have to step outside of that. You have to work on your own independently. It's it's the only way you're gonna become good at software engineering. Other than that, you're just, yeah, I'll stop there. I have more on that, but that's a different topic for a different day. Well, maybe that's a good way to like, just before we get into picks, I would love to hear, you know, each of us giving just one piece of it, of advice for people thinking about their career and the, the path that they may take. Like, I think we've unloaded a lot of different information and opinions on this episode, but you know, if you were to give one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd say, don't, don't feel bad. You don't, you don't need a CS degree to be a successful front end engineer. I think even the, the, the peers I work with are proof of that, that some people have no degrees at all. Some people just graduated high school and they're just amazing engineers. So like some of the best. So, like being successful in software engineering is about like your mindset and do you take the time to code? Do you take the time to explore? It really, it really is the the golden age of learning. Like really, like think about all the knowledge that I want to become, I don't know, an expert horticulturist tomorrow. I could probably do that. And I mean, maybe not an expert, but like I could become very good at it thanks to the internet. And honestly, the I think the biggest challenge is not being overwhelmed by all of the options you have for learning. So my advice and all that was um, find an area you're passionate about and learn learn the crap out of it. Learn everything there is to know about it and build something. And building something on your own is the fastest way you're going to learn something. It doesn't matter CS degree, bootcamp, trade school, online learning path. Uh, all these are just functions of uh, amplifying your own passion and your own skill. And you just need to find where that area is and just lean into it. My, my piece of advice would be learn in public. Which, uh, Swix says hi, by the way. So... We can, we can include a link in the show notes, but the idea is that uh, like once you learn something, put something out about it, like maybe answer a Stack Overflow question or, or add a GitHub issue comment or uh, do a tweet. I, I've found that like uh, teaching others or just like summarizing what you've learned is really helpful stage of learning of like consolidating or, or coalescing uh, your knowledge. Um, and it's also can be really helpful in uh, getting getting feedback from others on ad adding ideas or, or poking problems in in what you think you've learned. Oh, those are all both really good pieces of advice. Uh, I think I, I'd said this a little earlier, but I'm going to say it again is I think when you're starting out is to really be flexible. I think that too oftentimes people get it in their head that they, they want to do a certain thing and that's the, the ideal state for them. And you can start to get tunnel vision on that. And, and I think just being open that you may change your mind. I know I've changed my mind along the way and probably sometimes was a little too narrow focused at times. And I think it is really helpful to expose yourself to a lot of different things. It is going to help you in the long run. And then it will start to help you to really define what's the most exciting thing for you to dive deep into. Uh, so stay flexible. All right. Well, let's uh, hop into picks. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to share picks of things that we've found interesting and want to share with all of you. Lauren, would you like to kick it off? Sure. I've got a couple of picks. The first is my book. Uh, cheers. 
Cheers. Cheers. This, this has been a pretty good keyword. <laughs> uh, so I wrote it on uh, GraphQL. It's called the GraphQL Guide, and you can uh, check it out at graphql.guide. That's the URL. It is pretty comprehensive at 886 pages. Uh, it teaches you everything you know, need to know about GraphQL, and I think it's a pretty, pretty concise, uh, efficient way of learning GraphQL. And it, uh, I, th I, I tried to make we, uh, my co-author and I tried, tried to make it as, as approachable as possible to uh, newbies or, or boot campers, um, as well as have a lot of uh, advanced topics, whether it's a client side, advanced React stuff, or, or Node server stuff, or about the spec. Uh, so that's the number one. Oh, and, and uh, if you can't afford it, feel free to send me an email at lauren at graphql.guide and I'll send you a copy. And then second pick is not techy at all. It is a book called Five Personality Patterns, which uh, I, I, the, the name belies sort of the topic. It's not really like a personality typing thing like uh, Myers-Briggs or, or Enneagram. It's uh, about developmental psychology and developmental drama. It talks about the five developmental tasks uh, for, for each human growing up as a child. And it talks about like, uh, when you're unable to achieve a certain task, uh, what your coping mechanisms are and how that impacts your personality. Uh, so I find it uh, really helpful because it's it's a very uh, clear way of explaining each each thing. And uh, it also gives you actionable ways of, of healing. So for me, it's helpful uh, for healing my trauma. And it's also really helpful for, for parents raising kids and, and doing their best to not pass down uh, the baggage they got. I love that you highlighted the parents thing because that is exactly what was coming to my mind. It's like, cool, like how do I prevent like causing my kids to grow up with my own insecurities or issues? So that's mm -hmm. that's awesome. Jem picks you out for us through this episode. Got two picks. I, I, you know, no one sent me anything interesting on uh, Valley Silicon in a while. There's, there's been some some funny ones, but nothing that uh, I feel is worth. Um, that was like really out egregious. So send me your picks as always uh, on Twitter, Jem Young, hashtag Valley Silicon. Um, those outrageous things. I, I love to see them that like, why, why does this exist? Why is this thousand dollar toaster around? I, I love that sort of thing. My two picks are, uh, the first one is, you know, in, in, in an effort to be more focused and improve my mental clarity, I decided to clean up my desk, uh, which is surprising the amount of like, I don't know if your, if your room was messy, your, your mind tends to be messy as well. And I'm not saying I'm super orderly. I'm actually very disorganized, but I'm like facing forward. What can I see in my vision? I want that clean and I want it a nice clean uh, area. So I got an anchor USB-C hub because I was powering so many peripherals, like my microphone, my camera lights, like all these things off my laptop. The Mac laptop couldn't, couldn't handle it. It actually broke my last laptop. Like the battery was bulging. Uh, uh -huh. and it just had all these cords running out of my laptop. It was just a mess. So I decided to uh, clean up and I got a USB-C hub. So it's just kind of a big box that everything plugs into. And then, uh, now I have just one cord running to my laptop and it is glorious. It's so much cleaner, uh, like mentally as well as just like physically, there's more space on my desk because of this thing. I can power everything without my battery dying on my laptop when I unplug it for a minute. Um, in that, I also upgraded to a wireless keyboard, wireless mouse. So other than my camera and this microphone, I really don't have a lot of cords running around. So I recommend a powered USB-C hub if you can get one. They are quite expensive. This one is about $250. So they're complex, but to me, it's worth the mental headspace spending a little money uh, because this is where I spend all my time every day. My second pick was, is uh, Narcos Season 3. I have binged through it just about. I'm on the last episode. I don't know. There's something very compelling about um, 
the narco story because like now we're in the timeline that I am aware of. It's like growing up as a kid. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember these stories and like seeing them played out on screen. Plus, I I don't know, international uh, non English television is like increasingly become better and better. Like you have Squid Game, you have Narcos, uh, Narcos from um, the Pablo Escobar days down in uh, Colombia. I don't know. I, I'm really I'm I'm grateful that we have access to these stories from around the world. Uh, and we get to hear about them and not just American English perspective of things. Uh, so those are my picks. Awesome. I have two picks as well. One is a TV series, uh, just season one. It's recently, I think it just finished, um, but it's called Dope Sick. It's an excellent series on Hulu, not on Netflix, but it's based off true events around the Purdue Pharma and OxyContin. The show is really well done but extremely terrifying. Like I maybe knew a sliver of like the things that happened. Now it's like, I'm, I'm scared for the mess that Oxy has caused in the United States and how just like a drug company like Purdue Pharma can just get away with that. It, it's, it's wild. I highly recommend it. It's, it's like a good drama, but also like pulling from real true events that have happened. So it's really well done. And then, Jem, I may have a Valley Silicon pick for you, but it's not a Valley Silicon. I'm just going to put that out there. So, I mean, it's getting colder, right? Like, it's, you know, wintertime. Uh, it's always great to have a nice blanket. And I have a great blanket option for everyone. Now, it's super comfortable. It is a little on the pricey side. Like I said, I don't really think Jem gets to call it a Valley Silicon pick because it's amazing. And I mean... I live in Silicon Valley, so I'm, I'm just going to say I can purchase this. <laughs> but it's it's an UGG mammoth tipped throw blanket. It is so comfy. You will not regret this purchase. I believe it is like a $150 blanket. So this is a pretty expensive blanket, but so comfortable. I'm so thankful for having one. So that is my second pick. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your great insights. Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, Twitter, I'm Lauren DSR or uh, LaurenSR.me is my uh, portfolio. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Th thanks a lot for having me on. Awesome. Well, and thank you all for listening to today's episode. You can find Front End Happy Hour on Twitter at Front End HH. Uh, you can find Jem and complain to him all the time at Jem Young. I'm at Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Any last words? Books. Books. <laughs> Love it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.